Do you know barbecue chips with my face? Oh, oh, no, 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 it's okay. I'm sorry, it's 
No, you should, you'd have to be sorry for anything. I don't want to do this here. No, I don't want to do this oh, here. Right. There's all these people. <laughs> that girl is dressed as Wonder Woman and is really stupid. It's <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, do you want to have a Yeah. really do help. I know they're bad for you, but feeling bad is also really bad for you, and chips help you not feel bad. Until later, and then I guess they make you feel bad then. But then, more chips, so who's to say, really? I mean, they don't totally help, but I guess nothing totally helps with anything. You know, just loads of little things help a little bit, they stack up, and then they all cancel each other out. And that's, that's how you get on, I think, really. What do I know about anything? Uh, and I'm just some guy at a Halloween party who's not even wearing a costume, so that's good. Sometimes, like, something will happen to me and I have no one to tell, so it's like it didn't happen at all. Like, this one time, this, this isn't bragging. I mean, it is bragging, but it's just to tell the story, and it's not a big deal. But this article I wrote got published. So, and I always wanted to be published. But when it happened, I didn't have anyone to tell. And I was just like, oh, cool. You know, sometimes you need another person to help you register it, you know? And you're the first person I told about that, so thank you. Oh, yeah, um, thanks. I like, oh, that's, no, that's fine. I, uh, yeah. I really thought you were him. I know, I'm sorry. That just isn't how it works. 
when they're gone, they're gone. They're really gone. They don't come back in a way. Like, I'm not going to run into him again. I'm not going to talk to him again. I'm not going to see him again. He'll never tell me what to do again. He'll never send me a text again. It isn't like that. It just isn't like that, right? Well, Could you just tell me that it isn't like that so I can hear it? Everyone keeps telling me that it's going to be okay, but I think I'd really like to hear that he's gone. So, if you don't mind, could you just... He's gone. Um, I'm sorry. And he's not going to come back? Not... Not like that. Okay. But that doesn't mean that they aren't there. in your publication. It's really a big deal. Thank you. It's really very cool. That's it for me and Halloween. <laughs> My costume was shitty and I ate all the chips. Uh, oh, well, um... Always bring chips. No, it's like one of the few rules I had. You know, just if you're going somewhere, bring chips. People like them, and there'll always be someone that needs one. The barbecue. Sir? <laughs> this is home furnishing. Yes, sir. Now, I'm not one of the 
those salesmen that pressurizes their customer the second they step into my store, you see, sir. You can have some time to have a look around. And I am, of course, here and available if you need me, sir. Thank you. I'll look around. Fallen in love with this, sir. And of course, you could take it home and make it your own. I have been a salesman many years, and my instincts never fail. Now, so, is this all you've got? All I've got, sir? <laughs> Wait, well, there doesn't seem to be much of anything. Ah, we're currently in a restock, sir. So I've had to make some tiny, meaning little readjustments to the shop floor, sir. Which it seems that you've left yourself in, in a somewhat limited <laughs> frame of mind. Yes, yes, yes. And I, uh, I, I focus more on quality rather than quantity, sir. Which is one candlestick in the whole department store. Yes, sir. Now, I can see that you've fallen in love with this, sir. And you could take it home and make it your own. I have been a salesman many years, sir. And my instincts never fail me, sir. I'm never wrong. Special credit card, sir. No, no, no. I'm just looking. Thank you. Just looking? Just looking. Did you say something? I said, did you say something? Excuse me. Excuse me. Good morning, sir. Can I help you, sir? Yes, I, I just wandered in off the street, through that door over there, in fact. And, well, I tried to leave and I can see you've fallen in love with this candlestick, sir. You can take it your own and make it your own. I have been a salesman many years, sir, and uh, my instincts never fail me. Casual credit card, sir. No, I want to leave. No one's stopping you, sir. But I can't get out. Sir, I don't know whose fault it is, but when I enter through a door, I expect to be able to exit by it as well. You obviously have some strange cast of mind, sir. Or just the way I was brought up. I can see that you've fallen in love with this, sir. You can take it and make it your own. I see what you're doing here. You're trying to make me buy this wretched object. That's it, isn't it? This is how you treat all your customers. Absolutely not, sir. You millennial people are the ones that are going to cause us problems within our economics. You know what, sir? We need your time out on the high street, you know, spending money, sir. And, you know, you need to go a little bit further in life rather than sitting on your savings of 1.5 interest a year, sir. I'm with Halifax. I've got 4%. <laughs> As you wish, sir. We're going to get along just fine. Please. Don't take cash, sir. Just take it and let me leave. I mean, just ask if you want to cash, sir. Just for form's sake, you see, sir. However, these days, most people take cards, sir. And basically, sir, I didn't think you were going to take cash, if I'm honest, sir. But if you wanted to leave the shop, sir. Yes. So you see, you see the door you came through there, sir? 
Now that sort door, sir, it has got a locking device, you see, sir, and that locking device, sir, is connected to the card chip and pin, sir. And basically, you need to make a transaction through this chip and pin device, sir, for that locking device to open the door, sir. You understand me, sir? Absolutely. Are you having me on? Having you on, sir? No, sir, I'm having you on, sir. Absolutely not, sir. I see. This is how a well-respected and established high street retailer guarantees his profits, is it? Tried absolutely everything, sir. Three for the price of two, buy one, get one free, store card, credit card, you know, autumn sales, January sales, spring, summer, summer slash spring. I don't have a credit card. Well then, sir, these black letters both, sir. Uh, have a debit card. That would be lovely, sir. <laughs> In there for me, sir. Easy, that's it, sir. Send your pin for me, sir. <laughs> there we go, sir. Just fine, sir. Enjoy your day, sir. Sir, 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 sir. Would you like me to wrap it for you, uh, sir? No. Sir, you're forgetting your pocket, sir. <coughs> How can I help you, sir? there when they do. 
you gonna rob me? <laughs> Decent men don't trample a person's ground cover. You have no respect for the turning of soil. <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake, there's a storm coming. You can't just stand there in the rain. Are you drunk? You're a drunk, aren't you? smell the cold. The rain's cloaked. What happened to you? You've done something. Something bad, haven't you? You want to pretend you didn't. Run all the way out here to get away from it. But I saw you coming. The frog stopped singing. That's how I knew there was an intruder. You. Am I still here? Yes. Yes, I think so. I know too much. There are too many words in my head that keep making shapes. Cruel, jagged, they won't let me sleep. Well, insomnia would seem to be the least of your troubles. God, a garden is under constant assault. No, I've run up bears and moles and subdivision developers. I put blood grass up in here, transplanted it from down by the creek. The deer won't go near it unless they're starving. Last spring, I even had to pee on the begonias. <laughs> Lord knows what I'll have to do to get rid of the likes of you. You think nothing more can happen to you, that you've seen it all, summed it up, that one night there's a strange young man standing at the end of your garden with, with a knife in his gut. You had a visitor. What? You said you had company more than a year ago. Could you? 
They were drawn to you like water down a spout. Yes, yes. I drank and I smoked and I swore like a sailor. I wore bright red lipstick and I danced the hoochie coo. Now that's enough of this foolishness. We need to get you to a doctor. You can't touch me! Well then walk, if you can! I'm not exactly cock-a-hoop for having some stranger bleed all over the interior of my truck. It's not for my health. I'm driving you out all the way. Oh, oh Lord, they're likely to think I'm the one that did this to you. You wouldn't. Well, I once killed a rabid badger with nothing but a shovel, right about where you're standing. So, don't test me and march yourself straight to that barn and get in my truck. Good Lord! Who did this to you? I can't say. Well, if you're gonna bleed to death, I prefer you didn't do it in my garden. Eventually, you're gonna fall down and I worry you may crush my mugs. Take a few steps toward the road. It'll be easier to pick you up in my truck tomorrow morning. That doesn't bother you? The idea that I'm gonna drag you into a pickup and dump you on the courthouse steps? Suit yourself. I know this land. There's not a stick on it that misses my attention. It's not sorcery, whatever they say. It's electrosection. It comes from the feeling of dirt between your fingers. On a hundred acres, I can find a single penny in six feet of clay. People want to know what the trick is. There is no trick. I just pay attention, that's all. Two hundred years ago, I'd be drowned in the town square for it, but not before I found every family in three counties a decent water well. I can promise you that. I can find graves too. I can divide bodies out of the ground. You think I can? I've got an onboard sonar for old bones. I can't go half a mile without some corpse calling at me. Then what's the difference where I've died? You can't get rid of me. I'll keep coming back, Mary. Oh, I'm most certain. How did you know my name? Oh, what a loggerhead I am. Standing here talking to a raving maniac, knife in his gut, talking crazy. I should have taken a shovel to your head straight. Put your hands in the air. You're a raving man. I almost remember you. No. In a blue dress. You've been to a dance. No. You don't wear dresses anymore. <laughs> uh, you should put on that blue dress and come and meet me at the creek near the big linden. You should come to the creek and get your lips on that. No! You, you took me to the creek, didn't you? You wore nothing but moonlight. You and stop. you pressed my hand between your legs. You stop it! You laid down beneath the blood grass and opened up to me like a tree. You son of a bitch! You never chased me! Man. I won't hear this. I got all the way to Chester Leggett before they caught me. I hid out in Leggett's barn, but they had me cornered. 
They circled me like jackals. They locked me in. I tried to make room. Didn't stand a chance. They were so fast, I didn't even know I was hurt. I ran a mile or so before now, I knew I was struck.
on the ledge every night before shutting the window and going to bed. Then it must play on her mind, affect her dreams. There's always some logical... Ellen! Get in through the wall. 
full of timber presents no value. Well, none. What's with it? Then how can it all fall through the floor? In our realm, certain questions are considered offensive. In ours, certain answers are considered defensive. <sighs> Who taught you your manners? Surely not. <laughs> Is this Nelly D? A figment of my imagination knows what I know. Don't pretend otherwise. Oh, well, she hasn't aged at all well. Oh, she's all bad. No use trying to make me think like you knew her when she was young. Oh, well, she was always an old bat to me. And she told she's me you'd be extremely unpleasant. Oh, I? Well, did she tell you she adored me? No. <sighs> See? I know, fair sight more than you do. I assume she idolised you, otherwise she wouldn't go on about you all the time. Oh, figured that out by yourself, did you? Clever. Still waiting for you to tell me something I don't know? Or is that too challenging? Impertinent chit. Show some respect for your mother. I suppose you hate me because I killed you in childbirth. One day you'll learn a mother's love is unconditional. <laughs> wow, where did that come from? The wisdom of experience. I must be more mature than I thought. Well, let's hope so. Don't tell me you're seriously considering this wedding nonsense. Oh, you want to chat? I thought you were here to rescue me. Well, I am. Well, either way. Well, I can pass through walls. Unfortunately, you can't. Why not? This is a dream, isn't it? You're being insulting again. And you're wasting your time. Ellen's already warned me against entering a forced marriage. Well, there's no chance of that. The Church of England would never sanction such an outrage. And how have you stepped into the chapel distressed? Several attentive matrons would swoop to your aid. Well, why are you here? To save you from a far greater danger. A marriage you willingly consent to. Oh, I'm nearly 18. I can't stay a spinster forever. Oh, you old fuddy dog. How would you like me to spend my life? Dancing on the moors in my nightgown. Well, I want you to be free, darling. Can't catch me death. <sighs> You're so conventional. <laughs> you even sleep with your hair up. Do not let me in my own bed. Well, show me. Humor your poor mother. I have no problem letting my hair down, provided it's only literally. There now, that's a good start. Well, don't get your hopes up. You won't convince me any further. Miss Catherine, you're addressing me. Well, can't you see her? Heaven, Lord, save us. It's never. Well, she just moved. Oh, the little minx up to her old tricks. <gasps> Tell her to go back to sleep, darling. This is a private talk. Please excuse us, Ellen. She's been on giving me some maternal advice. Oh, heaven help you. Before she got married, she gave me a list of reasons. All bad. Tell the old witch I've learned my lesson. Should have listened to her. I hate to admit it, but Nellie Dean is a fount of common sense. What she says. Don't listen to a word she says. <laughs> so blether and try. Charming! Where is she? Baggage. I'll shut her. Well, no, hang on. This is my dream. I decree apparitions aren't exclusive. <laughs> you look so radiant. Just like when you were a corpse on your deathbed. Well, uh, I chose to come back younger. I'm not spending eternity with stretch marks. <laughs> There's been many advancements in medical science since you passed on, but no, still no cure for the dreaded tiger strike. Excuse me, Ellen, aren't you supposed to be attacking her? Oh, Mrs. Linton, you are unbearable to your daughter, and I shan't tolerate it. You daft day, Pa. I'm on your side. I'm trying to stop the wedding as well. Oh, blow me down with a feather. Wherever you've been, it's done you the world for good. Let's join forces, Nelly. She can't resist the bow. Hey! Well, listen to your mother, Miss Catherine. She's all heart. And Nelly's all head, darling. Since we both agree, you can trust our guidance. 
This is a trap, isn't it? What are you on about? You're the romantic one, Nellie. You want me to wait until I'm swept off my feet. Oh, well, she always was an old softie. Yeah, and you're the calculator one, Mother. You want me to live your life. Yeah, she always was selfish. Yeah, thank you both for helping me decide. I will get married tomorrow. You're making a huge mm -hmm. mistake. Yeah, probably, but at least it's my mistake. I'm going to drift off into a dreamless sleep now. Prepare to vanish. Some people think parenting is hard. They should try it from beyond the grave. How come you're still here? It's no fun on this side. I get interrogated about every technicality. You must be in my dream. Well, at best I drift deeper too. And if anyone asks me about this night, I'll hold me tongue. Well, no one to haunt. Might as well not exist. If you believe in ghosts, Please clap. <laughs> I'm inside to the wonderful professor, but common sense should be able to perceive it. How often do we learn of voices that deserve to be heard but which fell on deaf ears? Or measures that should have been taken but never were? Prevention is the key. Danger frequently lies in plain sight. Sister, Jay, and I'm the living proof. 
The, the, the people in this green and unpleasant land are more likely to save a dog from the burn than they are their own damn race. And who was it that saved that mutt? You, sis. My very own betraying flesh and blood was you. Don't point that down, you'll see your oh. And I think, because I've got me the little space of eternity to think that you only reached out to save that dog because you saw the cameras, the lights, the good intentioned parasites from TV. Throw him, we'll catch him! Them insects had nothing to do with it. Who in the hell were you to spite me by choosing some furry, flea-ridden pooch over your own loyal sister? In the time it took you to, to, to find the dog, calm the dog, I was losing my lungs, Jay! Losing my life? Opening my eyes that suddenly melted when you opened the door and that life-giving, life-taking oxygen rushed in. Oxygen is fucked up. The one thing we take for granted every breathing day and it's the one thing that kills us when it touches fire. Well, that ain't the point. In searching for that dog, you guaranteed my demise, you shameful, disloyal girl. Don't call me no girl. Oh, and if blood's supposed to be thicker, where was my sister's blood? Oi, my turn! It's not an act of disloyalty, not me, you. <sighs> this is what you accuse me of, as if I'd be so cruel and selfish to put a dog's needs over yours. Uh, fact. Fuck, fact! We are the same species, I've always valued you more than the damn dog. But, you weren't instead of... You was impossible. I couldn't reach you. People, I swear, they think it's like some damn movie. A quick dash through the flames to get air, get out, get alive. But it ain't. That heat, it was melting the air and I panicked. So I picked up the dog, window already smashed, and looked down and they're all screaming and waving. Don't look down, just do it, jump, come on, we'll catch you! People all looking up. Come on! Makeshift parachutes stretched out. Jump! It was so small. Dozens of strangers holding it tight and... But it was too small. Way too small to take my life. If you don't jump, you'll die! The terminal velocity of our species meant I would have smashed right through and ended up a pile of fucked up nothingness on the pavement. Yeah. Well, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Too right. People too trying their best to make the... Best of a bad situation. Oh, yeah, four out of ten, could you, Belle? And I clung to the dog. But I couldn't cling to you. Take me off this horse. Couldn't get to your sis, my one last contact on this shitty, selfish earth, and I couldn't reach you. Oh, well, wait a minute. So, I jumped. Oh. No, I don't want to hear that. Fact. Fuck, fact, there's something not right. Jumped. I knew what happened. Of course I do. And as it all went quiet and I'm tumbling like a bullet to my grave, I let him go. The pooch falling at the same speed. There he was, flying the cheeky fucker. So lucky to be so alive, so fucking smart. Oi, look at me. And my last sight on this godless world was pooch being caught. No, saved. I don't want to talk about no dog. Wrong species, but life all the same. See, you're doing it again. Doing what? Stealing my thunder, people thunder, but banging on about the fucking dog. Oh, grow up. Yeah, yeah, tugging out our mummy's coat, reaching up like the brat you always was for the last word or last hug from dad before Betty Buys. This is Betty Buys, this is goodnight, my love, for a turn. <laughs> crap, that's crap. I died. I was the one left behind. I was the one sacrificed. 
to a bunch of strangers by making out the big I am. Because you had a damn job in your arm. How dare you? Well, instead of being what you should have been in this selfish, shitty world. It's me. Saving me. Sister, look at me. Wake up and see me. You ain't thinking straight. You're almost scorched to your bloody bones. Your skin's healed. You've lost your sight. You're only a morsel of breath in you and the lungs are the starving pup. But you're alive. Don't tell me what I am. You had the guts, the power to walk through the fire and you made it through. Stronger than me, this power in you that I've loved and hate all my short life. You don't remember. You called to me, Jay. I've got to do this for myself. I've got to do this on my own. I can't carry you, Jay. Stop changing the subject. Oh, sister, don't be down. I don't blame you. I forgive you. You're in hospital, you silly girl. And when you pull through half the fried morsel you once were, they'll probably hand you the dog and set him down on your lap. No. And he'll growl away your sightless guilt and you'll drift and doze to a future of living and breathing. See your face. Only when you sleep. See your face all the time when I sleep. That's because you're a big softy at heart. I wish my heart. Weak as a puppy, but pumping for all it's worth. I was worth more in this world. <laughs> the both of us worth more than this. <coughs> wrong birth. Wrong country. Wrong building. Wrong fucking life. I couldn't see you. Look at you. I've seen you. Been watching. You've been surrounded in a big white bed in your state of bloody burn. They're all there. Mum, Dad, the Smiths of the world and the Joneses. Bedside tears like you're a little pup that's just been born. You'll never see the light. There is no light. Only love. But hey, what's that to you? You have an audience. Now he's the centre of attention. I'm proud of you. What in the world for? Alright, don't get too soft. Your power, Jay. The power in this family is you. <laughs> that ain't power. That was pure shocked fear and a total furious calm. <laughs> this is how it ends. Don't want him. Dog. Take him fuck off. Don't want that rancid mutt nowhere near me. Yeah, I know. I'm a value wasn't him. When? When we were kids. You. Plaguing him. Being cruel. Not kind. <laughs> no way! Yes, you did, Mr. Noel. Stroking and making out, really like you were mates. Ear little pooch. And then when everyone turned away, you flipped and be like, I'm a fucking mum. Oh, get lost, Jay. Yes, you did. <laughs> Here, boy. <coughs> How dare you? <laughs> Even mum and dad knew you hated him. Well, they're bloody liars, them two. Oh, wait, wait, wait. If our Carla weren't on benefits and got herself a job, she wouldn't take it out on the poor little dog. Oh, very funny. Dreadful she is. In my day, it was a crime to hurt an animal, mind you. And we got sick, we put a pillow over their heads. God bless them. <laughs> Why, Mama, wife, a bit bleeding compassion, please. The women of this house are too bloody poppy these days. <laughs> oh, shut it, you miserable scrap. Oi. All I'm saying is, our car is flesh and blood, but she ain't got no heart. 
I reckon we ought to treat humans the same. When they got old, when they got no prospect in life, do it doggy style, put a bag over their head and send them back into the Lord, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Who am I? And once, and you're alone with him, I'll court you. I'll be wrong. No, sweet, caught you, I swear. Hands around his skinny neck. No, you've got to stop for this. And you tie your grip in God's honest colour, hands on heart. You almost strangled the puny, pointless larva. No, burnt species, drunk pooch species. Light enough, he was only a dog. Oh, no, he wasn't. That's what's wrong. Look, it's, it's just the drugs. No, it's something else. It's the stuff brushing through your veins. No, Jake, I'm alive. The drugs don't mess with your head. No, I'm feeling this. I'm, it it wasn't a dog. It. It's not Come a dog. On. It was a little... No. A little stop it. A little boy. Stop yes, it. Yes, you, yours, your little boy. No. My nephew. It was LJ. It wasn't dog. I strangled a little boy. Shut up. To Shut save him from burning, I put my hands round his neck. No, you didn't. Shh. Shh, you little boy. You old Jay, no need to cry. Shh. Your auntie Kay won't let you burn. Fuck you, Finn, for making this up, you disgraceful bitch! There is no dog! You abandoned him, but I... <laughs> you know what people are like when it comes to killing their precious animals. But kids, that's beyond the pale. Want to hear a joke? When Mum jumped, she missed the blanket. On purpose. They could have saved it better, but you know what she thought? In that final violent moment. Whatever. She was like, if the world has come to this, then let me be on its conscience. Out with a bang, never a whimper. <laughs> yeah, out with a big splash and bang. Like a big dog jumping in a pond. Fuck it. Fuck them. Fuck it all. And when you pick up this bed, Auntie Kay, you're going to walk. You're going to put your bloody baby steps one in front of the other. And you're going to get out. And you're going to raise hell. LJ, who we? We've got unfinished business, you and me. You've got to go out there. There's lots of support, even from the dogs of the world. It's growing, Auntie Kay. My love, it's getting bigger and stronger every day. And what in the world do they want me to do? Make up a wall and go for the throat. What for? Because you're an animal now. They made you an animal. Peace time is over and your time in this bed, in this zoo, it needs to burn. I am an animal. Yes, you are. What goes around comes around. Your man's best friend, nephew. And his worst fucking enemy. I'm a big, scary dog, standing on two human legs. Yes, you are. And I need a fight. And sending hell. Well, fight.
However, we can turn to the judges. So, uh, as, as is the form, uh, I'm going to start with you, Jason. As you're completely scribbling. Um, your thoughts on the fractions of Christ? Um, well, I thought I was watching the League of Gentlemen. <laughs> it's a local shop. Um, so, which is, which is a, great, uh, a great way of, of having, you know, coming into something that is... I've walked past this shop many times before, never been here before just by chance I happen to walk in. So there's that whole kind of intriguing what's coming up. It's, it's, um, it's a very wordy script, in, and that's it, which led us to what's going what's to happen next. How's, where's it going to go? Where's it going to go? Where's it going to go? And then the guy comes out with this begin thing. You're like, oh, my God, it's going to go somewhere very strange. Um, very well cast here as well. Um, I, th I think it was, as I said, very intriguing. I think it was very uh, written very say plainly, which doesn't sound like a compliment, but it is, in the sense that we kind of knew where it was going to go, but we weren't sure how it was going to get there. Mm -hmm. So it was, yes, it was good. It was, it was as a ghost story should be. Oh my gosh, something's, we know something's going to happen, but we feel comfortable. But also, and actually in all three of them, there have been comedies as well. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's, yeah, mm -hmm. it, was, it was intriguing and comic, and we also knew where it was going, and we kind of wanted it to go, but we didn't really know how far, and it's just great to have all the blood. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the first one again? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, that actually, all three of them tonight have really reminded, because I'm really old, um, have really reminded me of Tales of oh, the Unexpected. Yeah. I was going to say that, actually. Yeah. That sort of, you know, very everyday mm. settings, but mm. with a little twist in the tale, and I think, like Jason said, although you know something evil or something nasty is going to happen... Will it? Won't it? How will it happen? You know, how is it going to end? And I think particularly that that last one was very tales of the unexpected. Mm. Um, yeah, really, really interesting, <coughs> and um, some superb acting tonight mm. as well. Mm. Yeah. Really on the ball yeah. acting, really drawn us in, which is always hard to do when you've got you know a black box mm. studio. But uh, everyone's really pulled us into the story. Really mm. great. <coughs> Um, maybe not much more to add because no. I think it's been covered. But um, I, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the kind of surreal tone, and maybe, I, maybe the only kind of thing I'd have said is that I, I was sort of slightly chomping at the bit for it to crack on into the kind of madness, yes. maybe a little yes, bit. Yes. And I loved the the shopkeeper character, and maybe the the kind of end section with the speech. I might have liked her mm. a little bit more of her taking even more kind of control. Mm. But yeah, I really did, really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, the admin, uh, the Alfonso, <coughs> the evening. Um, <laughs> and then you came in sort of about yes, five minutes in. So but yes, I, I hope you're picking up. I really like the Faust in the mid 80s. Um, Sean, um, 
Yes. I thought that was lovely, really mm. charming, and, and quite a nice sort of alternative take on the, you know, the person coming mm. back from the dead. Um, really sweet, and I, I liked all, all the little, uh, well, bar I'm craving barbecue pop chips. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked that it was, it was very nicely cast as well. Uh, a very sort of sweet, gentle um, sort of vibe on the, on the ghost house. I wasn't quite sure if she really wanted him to come back or if she didn't want him to come back. Because when she thought he might have come back, she was very sort of happy. Um, but when it turned out it wasn't him, she seemed quite relieved as well. So I wasn't quite sure what was going on there. But uh, it was a really sort of sweet little sort of love story. And, um, and I, I think what I like also is that it gives us... An opportunity to think. Well, you know, let's hope they get together mm. afterwards, and mm. you know, sort of every year meet over the barbecue oh, pop chips. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a really great setup with really cracking dialogue. I thought it was just really natural, believable, and um, dialogue. And I liked that um, the spin on the kind of that it wasn't a ghost story, but they were dealing with quite big issues about kind of grief and social anxiety and kind of vulnerability so I thought they that that was kind of handled really well in in a, a sort of well yeah sweet comedic kind of um everyday kind of setting but yeah and re really well cast yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a wonderful chemistry mm. between the two mm. actors uh, um, wonderfully written well two monologues and mm. then a duologue which I think you could almost look at independently Great subtle physical comedy, mm. I thought. Um, it was been great to have that sort of slightly, you know, as, as each character has been there, their individual monologue, to have that sort of slightly happy sort of character to bounce off, and to see the sort of physical nuances, and um, both of them really sort of endeared me, I thought, in their mm. performances. They, they won me over already. Yeah. I would say more, not necessarily ghost story, but more seasonal story, in the mm. sense mm. that... Mm. Yeah as the nights draw in and you live on your own as I do. Um, you know, there's that kind of loneliness. Uh, so this is the great time of year for loneliness to appear. Sorry, people. Um, so I found it was emotionally scary. I found it very sweet. Um, um, and so in that sense, she was living through her horror. She hadn't quite, she was only dealing, starting to deal with the, the loss of the the boyfriend. Yes, we kind of wanted them to get together, which is always a mm. good good playwriting. Uh, they actually kind of matched each other, so if they're still here, maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think it was also also what's very dis she was very disillusioned, mm. which is also a very kind of lonely way of thinking. So I think I think I wouldn't say it was a ghost story, but mm. definitely that of lonely nights kind of those kind of feelings so so it was well placed yeah. very well acted mm. um i agree about the monologue mm. yes uh and actually at one point i i did think that oh he's because he, uh, we all thought it was mm. him yeah. well i did anyway but oh my god it is him uh until he went oh no i'm not um and then because i didn't think he was going to speak at all the actor mm. um and then when they did you wanted this relationship to mm. build so in essence it, it gave us somewhere we invested an interest in it. Mm. So yeah. that's, that's good playwriting. We were yeah. interested in it. So. Yeah. 
and, and thank you Sally for collecting that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, I'll start with uh, Rachel. Uh, home furnishings for Carmen. Yeah, again, another sort of intriguing, um, more of a sketch, I suppose, than a story. But I, I still really enjoyed that factor and, and surreal, uh, the surreal kind of setup. I thought the repetition of the word sir was going to really aggravate me. And then I was like, oh, no, I, I get it. No, I get it. That's great. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, um, I enjoyed that kind of being trapped in that situation yeah. with them. Yeah. I'm going to echo that actually. Yeah. Felt, I've, I've written down, felt, you, as a lawyer, you felt trapped in that loop cycle, didn't you? Um, and um, utterly surreal in a good way. And I think it could be developed uh, further. You know, each new customer comes in and sort of a, a, a different spin each time and a, and a, a different approach from the, the guy that waking up on the floor. So, Um, uh, again, I think it's horror in the sense that I thought, oh God, this is a story of about being trapped with an irritating git. <laughs> because he was friggin' irritating. Um, um, uh, I also think it was very Monty, Monty Python-esque. Um, and I think the ending was, was, it was only at the ending that I went, oh, I get it now. Be, uh, which, is, which is kind of great, again, because I thought I, I got... That it was the apartment store that was completely empty and a candle and I got that and I got the weirdness of, of him it was only until when actually maybe I'm a bit thick that he actually ran out and went oh my gosh it's, oh I get it and I get it so I think it's, it is that Groundhog Day it's very much Tales of the Unexpected again in that, <coughs> in that spirit um, so unlike the other one we've just talked about where we kind of wanted things to happen this one we for me I was like oh, not quite sure but the ending went, oh, so again, it had its, its beginning, middle, end in that way, if that makes sense. Um, but I'd hate to be caught with that. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's like one of those nightmares where you, you, you're sort of going round in circles and you can't get out and it sort of, it, it sort of makes you, you tense to watch. But I quite like that. Um, yeah, definitely scope for developing it more. I'd almost want more desperation from the shopkeeper because the shopkeeper was quite chilled and quite laid back, you know, buy the things there. Um, but we don't know how long he'd been trapped in the shop for. It'd be nice to see that desperation coming through. But I think that's something that, that, could, be, that could be developed as well. Uh, William, William wrote Home Furnishings for Carmen. Um, so, uh, are you, is that something that you're considering expanding on? Yeah. Developing it further? Well, I was, I was trying to keep it within the time frame. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. Which I'll do as a lot. Which you did. So, there are, there are longer versions of it where third person can, comes in as well. Oh, um, And also, just, just one thing, why is it empty? And that obviously is the whole mystery thing and the, and the whole thing. But does that mean that there's been 
thousands of reincarnations yeah. and there was a full shop mm. and it's just got none, and all that's left is this candlestick from that so that's something maybe mm. to mm. Mm. um sharp before we start with you yes um on uh, bloodgrass the first piece we saw um firstly really well acted mm. really strong performances there um yeah, it was interesting, very intriguing, draw me in, draw, uh, drew me in. Um, I couldn't help thinking, though, that the writer maybe is, doesn't like the idea of girls enjoying mm. sex. <laughs> and, like, I, and that was that kept going through, through my head. Um, but yeah, a, a really, really strong story. Um, and I like the idea that the sort of themes of the flowers and plants coming back. Yeah, it felt quite filmic, I thought, to begin with. And sort of um, the, the female protagonist was quite Joan Crawford-y, which I kind of liked. <laughs> Almost could have been a bit straight-jacket-y, and maybe with a little bit of a flavour of some of the Tennessee Williams women, yeah. a little bit, that kind of yeah. feel. But yeah, intriguing. I thought the, the, the sort of atmosphere, it, it felt quite polished. Yeah. And I kind of was intrigued to see you know, what would develop. But yeah. Yeah. I agree, it was very cinematic. You mm. got a real feeling of exactly <coughs> where you were, exactly what the, the set the setup was. You could almost get a feeling for like a bleak landscape, which kind of seemed to be crashing wind and rain. Um, and I thought it built really nicely. Um, at first I thought it was gonna be um, a tale of isolation, and then it was sort of built nicely to kind of a manifestation of her guilt. So that's good. Mm. Um, <coughs> yes, I did feel it was in the south of America somewhere, mm -hmm. and that kind of, you know, secrets throughout, mm -hmm. that kind of very Tennessee Williams type of thing, mm -hmm. yes. Um, and I, I felt it was very complex in, mm -hmm. in, in for good reasons. Um, we knew she was in fear immediately. She was in fear of something immediately, so we got that she has a clearly a past of something. I, I do feel that the the blood showing could have been a bit later, mm -hmm. revealing that he, that because it wasn't discussed fully. So I think that could have been revealed a little bit later. Um, and uh, okay, I don't know what that means. There's a line <laughs> that she says, which is, "I know, I know this lamb," and it, it kind of that seemed to me there was a shift there uh, where she could possibly be suspicious mm -hmm. of what's going on. And that's maybe a, a point where the blood could be mm -hmm. revealed. I do think it's a very complex piece, mm -hmm. and I do think that in a good way, and I do think there were just elements where it could have taken a little bit, don't it, take it time, take its time, mm -hmm. because it is very complex. And it, it you know, it could be a, a one-act play, mm -hmm. yeah. Tennessee Williams-type mm -hmm. yeah. kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, Yes, again, I've written, could take all, take, take longer to give it all. But I also want to know, I didn't know, or maybe I missed that. Did, did he reveal how he died? Did he? Did I miss yeah. it? I missed yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, but that's, but what I was confused with, and so then, then I'm confused then, because she's older mm -hmm. and he's mm. younger. So does it mean we're in a different, we're in a time, that's when I, maybe I got a bit confused mm. there. Mm -hmm. it, so maybe that could have been a bit clearer yeah. then. Um, but I do think it's a very interesting piece. Mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, yeah, definitely, especially the age, that always makes it, mm -hmm. it makes it more interesting. 
Um, but yeah, it's very much a one-act play type yeah. of the piece. So it's very, I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it very much. And thank you for sharing some great um, um Kathy wants Kathy. Lovely to see you there. Well, yes, and um, I can see why I've been brought in as a guest judge yes. in my Yorkshire capacity. Um, we'll have words about the pronunciation of Ilkley Moor Bartash later. But yes, I, yeah. Um, yeah, it reminded me of, there's a brilliant um, two-hander women's group called Withering, called Lip Service, who do a spoof called Withering Looks, where they kind of just, the two of them play all the characters. And I thought, uh, for me, it had that kind of slightly spoofy feel, which I enjoyed, and I enjoyed the kind of, whether it was meant that way, the kind of direct address from the characters and the conversational feel to it. I wasn't sure if it was part of a bigger piece. In some ways, it felt like maybe it wasn't, but that could have been the section that, that we were shown. But yeah, I thought it was, it was a, a, a light kind of playing of, uh, you know, and, and had that kind of almost... Kate Bush slightly hysteria yeah. kind of feel to it, which I very much enjoyed. <laughs> very much enjoyed. Yeah. I think more often than not, these things can leave on a slightly ropey banter. But in this case, I thought it was brilliantly cleverly executed. Um, the sort of perfectly pitched deference to the original. Um, yeah, I actually, I'm going to, this might sound like a, a, an insult, but it's not. And I think it actually could work as a sitcom yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, really well. You've got, and you, you know, then suddenly there's a, the, the, the possibly the guy that's going to marry arrives and the, this ghost, and what, you know, you've got this whole kind of sitcom. Classical, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, I just think in, in the writing, a bit more of a surprise when mum arrived because mm -hmm. they just suddenly had a conversation mm -hmm. there and there was a bit. And I also think that, again, to make the sitcom thing is that the, the mother could have had older language. Mm -hmm. So you've got that, what the hell are you talking about? But otherwise, I think in its form, it works perfectly. Yeah. And, you know, you can see it's not like Bewitched at all, but, but you know, it's yeah. that kind of ridiculous thing about it that could work in that way. So it's cute, it's very cute. Mm. Yeah, it's always fun taking someone else's mm. characters and placing them in a different situation and, and playing around with them. They've, they've got their very defined characters. Um, so the only, the only comment is I'd, I'd like more from, from mm. it, actually. Mm. Um, and I guess you're limited by time. But um, yeah, there's definitely scope for, for developing that more and um, having more fun with it too. Indeed, indeed. Um, and again, thank you, Ellen, um, for particularly delaying this session. Um, and finally, uh, Yasmin, uh, your opinion, and she's on mic this time. I thought it was really compelling, um, really strong, feisty, contemporary fantasy. Um, it, was, it was more as the conceit was the situation that she was in her hospital bed. It was, it was really more about the relationship between the sisters, so um, I, I enjoyed that narrative. Um, I <coughs> excuse me, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, I agree in that, that it's, it was felt like the most contemporary one mm. this evening, uh, and I think it made me look at it and go, are, oh, so are ghosts the same when are ghosts the same when they're alive? The fact that, that you know that there was no ghostliness, mm -hmm. she was completely the same. Um, and I think as as we were seeing the point when it was getting to the child and the nephew, um, 
I thought, oh, okay, so all the other bit before is she's being a bit aggre- aggressive is the wrong way, argumentative most throughout. Is that, I wanted to know maybe a bit sooner or then, was that to save her? Was that to mm. save the sister? Mm. Am I being all this to save the sister, the fact that you've killed my child? Mm. Which is very complex. But, um, but I wanted to see a bit more of that. And then, I, then when she became the son, the, the nephew, um, it was then I thought, oh, it's that kind of thing of ghosts are all around us. So mm. these are little things mm. I could discover. But, but yeah, very contemporary. And mm. yeah, do we have the same relationships with people when they've passed away? That kind of big question. I like how dark it was. Um, that that really sort of intrigued me. Um, I also think it, it was, as of all the plays tonight, it was the most theatrical mm. in that um, the exciting thing about writing drama for the stage is you can do whatever you like, you can go wherever you like, you can do direct mm. audience address, you can play around with time and stuff. And so I, I like the fact that it, it sort of um, drew us in. It, it felt the most sort of... Um, yeah, just dramatic in a way. Um, what else did I like about it? Um, the writing, really great, great writing, very lyrical, mm-hmm. and I like that. And I, I like the fact that they were, they were just two ordinary women, but speaking in that really quite lyrical, yeah. uh, speaking you know ordinary language, but in a lyrical way. I really like that, and, and that's a, a nice to hear a really strong voice yeah. coming out. Yeah, I thought it was really compelling. <coughs> Had a kind of. Um, a bit of a sort of Philip Ridley kind of feel mm. to it, and that sort of slightly, even though it's not, but kind of apocalyptic. I liked the sense of being in um, a hospital bed, had that kind of almost being in limbo feel as well, where they could deal with these the sort of bigger conversations um, about, you know, bigger themes about life and death and class and kind of who deserves to be saved, and but done in this really contemporary way with, like, like Sean said, with really strong voices, yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks to my cast and my directors and writers. Um, we hope to see you next month. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, November the 17th uh, is our uh, women event. Uh, we're celebrating uh, women in the creative arts. Uh, so all six writers next month uh, will be women writers, uh, and the, all the pieces will be directed by women. So we hope to see you then. Um, have a lovely journey home. Thank you very much.